This amazing experience is a place where you too can connect, discover, grow, and lead for God here at Common Bond Church. When I was young, you know, we always would spend Saturday and Sunday at my grandmother's house. And so my aunts and uncles and my cousins, you know, we would all gather into her house and to her living room and in her kitchen. And we would spend so much time with each other that we begin to uh, eat together. We'd, we'd experience uh, some family time together and the love began to develop in our family. You know, as I think about that over the past years, I'm sure, you know, my family would love to revisit those times. You know, I know that my family would love for us actually to be even closer than we are today. Many of us are actually separated from the cities and the distance makes it actually very difficult for us actually to get to one another. But the one thing that has never been lost with us is the love that we actually have for one another, is the commitment of the legacy that was passed on to us to actually truly love one another and truly have this identity of being a family. As I think about, you know, that experience in my own life, you know, what I want to share with us today is that Christ Jesus brings us into a family as well. He brings us into a family with that same kind of identity, you know, that same kind of blood family relationship that is supposed to be the basis and legacy of our life. And so today I wanted to share with us, you know, just how important and just how powerful the legacy that actually Christ has actually given to us. And when we actually think about the legacy that he has actually given to us, the more that we actually draw from it, the more that our life will actually be fruitful and the more that we can actually pass on to others. You know, I believe our world can actually be a, a changed place if we really understand the legacy that Christ has given to us as his family. And so I wanted us to begin by going back to the scripture that we just read. And when you actually go back to the scripture in John chapter 13, you begin to read um, one of his last messages that he actually gave to his disciples. And uh, as one of the last messages that he gave to his disciples, it was a time where they were all gathered together and they broke a meal together. You know, it was really the start of what's called the Last Supper, you know, what also has now become an institution that we call Holy Communion. And uh, as they gathered together, they began to eat with one another and they began to break bread. And as they broke bread, you know, Jesus Christ was reminding them of the family that he was gathering them to actually be. And he has some powerful parting words for them. You know, the powerful parting words were actually found in verse 34 and verse 35 that we just read. And the parting words were simply this is that a new commandment I give you that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. And in verse 35, he said it also this way, by this, all people will know that you are my, my disciples if you love one another. And so if you think about that simple verse, you know, it's a commandment that he brought people together for a purpose. He brought them so that they could actually do one thing so that they could actually learn to love one another just as he has actually loved them. And I think about my experiences with my grandmother and she brought us all together and she actually taught us how to love one another. She brought us all together so that not only we could experience her love, but actually so that we could actually love one another and begin to pass that down on to others. 
And then in verse 35, you know, the, the apostle John also tells us that Jesus Christ wanted all people into the world to know that they are his disciples by the love that they actually have for one another. And so you may be thinking, you know, that that's well and good, you know, this commandment, but I want to show you how powerful it is. You know, just as I mentioned the family uh, legacy that I actually come from, where we actually develop our own love language and the own experience of love that we actually have with one another. You know, oftentimes in many relationships, in many families, there is this immediate love that we actually have for one another. You know, because that is my sister or because that is my brother, you may feel the same way because that is your brother, because that is your sister. You have a special love for the individual because of the blood that actually flows through you. You know, the blood that actually connects you and allows you to be individuals who actually are beyond, you know, people that you actually see on a day-to-day basis. There's something special that happens because of family. And as I think about that, what we don't always realize as Christians is that Christ Jesus has actually made us family as well. He's actually tried to bond us in a way that actually allows us to understand that we're supposed to look at each other just as we look at our blood family. And I want to give you one example of that in the scriptures. And you can actually find that um, in Mark chapter three, Mark chapter three, verse 30, uh, for example, is where I'm going to begin to read. Actually, I'll start at Mark chapter three, verse 31. And in this passage of scripture, as you begin to turn there and look at it, I wanted to show you, here's what Jesus Christ says. He said, his mother and his brothers came and they were standing outside and they sent for him. And they called him and a crowd was sitting around him. And they said to him, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered, who are my mother and who are my brothers? And looking about those who sat about them, he said, here are my brothers and here are my mother. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and my sister and my mother. You know, and as as you think about that passage, you know, I've always thought about how meaningful and how impactful that is, because Christ Jesus is even saying to you and I that uh, the individuals in your immediate family really aren't even as close as those that I will draw you together in my church. You know, there's a there's something special that's supposed to happen between the brothers and sisters within the church. We're actually even supposed to be closer than those that we actually have in our immediate blood family. And uh, as I even think about that, that, that just blows my mind and maybe it blows your mind, too. And maybe we don't always feel that we are as connected as brothers and sisters as we should. And so that's why I wanted to share this message with us today, because if we can actually hear the commandment from Christ Jesus in John chapter 13, verse 34, that we are to love one another, our world will be markedly different our world will actually be changed because we've actually learned to actually be family. And when, we, when, when we've learned to be family, what we are doing is actually we are living out the covenant that God has always established for his people. So I wanted to talk about, you know, covenant for a little bit. And specifically, I wanted to talk about blood covenant. Uh, because when you look at the Old Testament, you know, when, when God actually wanted to create a relationship with his people, he actually described and, and, and did something what's called the covenant. You know, each man was actually uh, had some of his skin cut off 
in his uh, private parts uh, so that they could actually have that as a symbolic reference that they were actually cutting blood and they were actually bringing themselves into relationship with God. You know, God used that as a sign to, for them to be able to say, that was your commitment that you've actually now made to me. And in the same kind of way, when you actually think about Christ Jesus here today, you know, when you think about the fact that he came in the flesh of the man, and when he came, he was beaten, he was cut, and he actually bled, and he actually was hung on the cross. It was also a representation for God to be able to say, just as I have shown you in the past that the blood covenant was a sign of relationship, now I've actually done the same thing. I've actually sent my son to be an intermediary for you and an intermediary for me so that you can actually see that I'm serious about this relationship business. You know, I'm serious about you being able to understand how committed that I am to you, that I'm willing to actually let uh, my blood flow so that now you can actually understand that you're in relationship with me. And what we do now as, as, as a people is that every single month, just about, you know, the institution of the church will actually gather together and have Holy communion and that blood uh, that we drink, which is sometimes just juice, is supposed to be symbolic. It's supposed to be a representation of the relationship that God has brought us into a new covenant. And so as I was thinking about covenant, I'm sure many of us don't think covenant in the way that I'm actually describing you today. And so I wanted to, to tell you a story. I wanted to tell you about uh, two men. Uh, one is uh, Henry Stanley and another man was a missionary in, in Africa. And when they were there in Africa, uh, they actually met uh, some of the indigenous people to the central regions of Africa. And as they met these individuals, they were probably one of the first white people that they actually saw. And when they actually saw them, they said that, hey, if you're going to actually be in our land, if you're going to actually be around us, we've actually got to make covenant with one another. And so what that actually meant was they both uh, slit their wrists. You know, both men actually slit their wrists. Blood would actually flow. And then the chief of the Central Africa tribe would actually cut his wrist and the blood would actually flow. And then they would actually put their blood on top of one another. And then they would actually seal themselves into relationship. You know, it was a way for them to actually know that they were actually now bonded together. And then they actually would give a gift to one another. You know, the, the man, Henry, he gave actually his most precious gift, which was a goat. And he actually gave that over to uh, the, the chief of the tribe and the chief of the tribe actually gave him a spear. And uh, this was so powerful is because the man actually needed his his goat for livelihood. But then also the chief was actually giving him a spear, which actually was shown as a symbol of his strength. And so every single time that the man would actually walk to other tribes or go to different other regions, whenever somebody was confronting him, all he had to do was actually raise up that spear and actually show the cut that he actually sliced in his wrist that shows his covenant with that tribe. And when that and every time that that happened, they actually let him pass through. Not only did they let him pass through that, but they would actually give him gifts. They would actually uh, support him in whatever he needed. And then they would ask him to actually create a covenant with them as well. And so then that, that process would continue. Eventually it happened where he created 50 covenants uh, with different tribes in Africa because he understood the significance and the value of that covenant. 
You know, why am I telling you this story of the covenant? You know, I'm telling you that story of the covenant as well is because as we come into relationship with Christ Jesus, he gives us a similar covenant. You know, he has given us a covenant where he has actually shed his blood so that not only we have eternal life, but so that we are brought into intimate relationship with him so that he is able to cover us and be responsible for us. Just as you saw through that story with the African chief, you know, when you when you hear about that story, the chief was actually able to allow him to be covered. He was responsible for that man because he had what's called a covenant relationship with him and it allowed him to have provision from other individuals and allowed him to have safety, allowed him to have protection. And so I'm saying to you today, you know, one of the things that I think that we have failed to do as Christians is sometimes understand the covenant God has actually made toward us. You know, when I think about like the covenants that we actually know today, the, the greatest covenant that we know is called the marriage covenant. And in the marriage covenant, my wife and I are demonstrations of that because uh, she has left her family. And uh, as she left her family, her father actually gave her hand in marriage and now said that I'm actually supposed to be responsible for her. And as I'm responsible for her, you know, that's a new level of of life style and behavior that I'm supposed to actually emulate in my life. I'm not only responsible for myself, but I'm also responsible for her and eventually the family that we'll actually have as we grow together. You know, that's the same thing God is actually saying to you and I is that when we actually come in covenant with him, not only is he giving us a new eternal life, but he's providing for us the responsibility. He's providing us for us the care that only he can actually provide for us. You know, he is now indebted himself to us because he's responsible for us. You know, he is supposed to be able to provide for us and to care for us and to meet all of our needs because he's the one who has actually made covenant with us. And so I wanted us to think about the areas in our life today where we've actually just done it by ourselves, where we've done it on our own skill and we've done it on our own talents without recognizing that the covenant that God has actually given to us was supposed to be given so that we are actually brought into a relationship where he actually now becomes the one who takes our burdens and our cares. And so that's why I pray so much about the worries and the issues and the burdens that we actually have in our life. And we actually think about the one who's actually supposed to be yoked to us. Because when Christ Jesus says that he is yoked to us, he's saying that I'm doing that because it's my responsibility. I'm not doing it just because I love you and just because I care for you. But as I care for you and as I love you, I have a responsibility to make sure that you have all that you need. But it actually is a two way street within any covenant. The individual who uh, is responsible needs to be allowed to be responsible for that individual's life. You know, you need to, to come to God and actually say, Lord, I need you today. You know, I need you to be the one who actually is the provider, the one that actually will be responsible for you in my life. You know, sometimes I I think about it uh, this way is that when God actually uses the word covenant, you know, another way that you can actually think about it is an umbrella. You know, it's an umbrella, which is that as long as you are tethered to him, as long as you are connected to him, if it's raining outside, if there's issues that are going on, if you have your umbrella, you actually will not get wet. You actually will be dry because you are covered, you know, in a sense. And that's what covenant means. It means the covering that actually God provides for us, the covering that God actually has for our life. And I wanted us to think about the areas where we are not always covered. 
you know, where we have actually let ourselves be isolated. And one of the greatest things about the covenant is that there's a responsibility on our end to do all the things that God has actually called us to do. And that's why we're reading this passage in John chapter 13, verse 34, because the greatest thing that God has actually called us to do is actually to learn how to love. You know, many times in the scriptures, we've heard that all of the law, all the prophet is summed up in the one word called love. And I want to read it one more time for us again, where it says in verse 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also to love one another. By this, you will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Many times we may consider, well, what is my responsibility to God in this covenant? Well, I just read it for us. You know, our only responsibility is actually to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. You know, Jesus Christ said it in this way is that, you know, our responsibility is to be people who actually care and actually love for others in our life. You know, what can that look like for you? You know, what can it look like for you actually to be in community with us at Common Bond Church where the thing that you think about consistently over and over again is how can I love my brother and sister? You know, one of the ways that I think that you can do that, especially during this time that we're still distant, uh, that we're actually using this kind of media is actually making sure that we reach out on a personal way, that we actually use text messages and we use phone calls and that we actually reach out to us and actually say, hey, you were just on my mind today. I want you to know that I'm thinking about you. I care for you and I'm praying for you during this season. You know, sometimes we also need to reach out to people and actually be a listening ear. You know, Galatians chapter five and six, for example, begins to tell us that we weren't created to, to take care of the issues and burdens of ourselves, but we're supposed to bear the burdens of one another. And what that really can practically mean for us in our life is that as we reach out to those that we are close to and connected with, also be a great listening ear. You know, ask people, hey, what's going on in your life? And not only just use it as an introductory, but but use it as a listening ear and hear what they actually have to say. You know, many times we just need somebody to be in listening ear in our life so that we can actually process the things that we actually have going on. And so I think that we can actually do so much better as a community by being able to be connected in a loving way. You know, the, the second thing that I wanted to share with us about the commandment to love one another, you know, is really this whole issue of, of thinking about how to love outside of our community. You know, not only to love one another, but God has also called us to love those who are around us. And the greatest story of all time that talks about love is a Samaritan man. You know, the Samaritan story where God begins to say to you and begins to say to us that most religious people, and this is kind of like the summary of the story, most religious people, they will actually look past others in need. But typically it's somebody who is not supposed to be of the religious fold who actually will come out and actually give a lending hand to those who actually really, really need it. And I actually wanted us to, to really think about how often do we actually give back, you know, to others in our life. And today I had a, a great you know, a challenge for us all is to begin to cultivate the heart of love, you know, by thinking about the fact that, you know, oftentimes we are not giving as much as we actually can to others. And one of the ways that I think that we can uh, begin to to give more, and, and I, I love this this phrase that you probably have heard before, it's just called a random act of kindness. You know, being able to understand that, you know, your heart 
uh, can just spontaneously help others when they actually are in need. And, and I wanted to challenge us today as we think about the message of love. When's the last time that you've experienced a random act of kindness, either from your giving or from actually somebody actually giving it to you. And as you thought about it, think about how that made you feel, both the giving part of it, but also the receiving. You know, I always love a good surprise, love, love a good present when someone's able to drop something off because they were saying they were just thinking about me. And so I wanted us to think about, you know, as we actually uh, live this life of love that God has actually called us to do, you know, maybe we should be people who actually spontaneously give to others, spontaneously do some kind of random acts so that we can actually show others just who we actually think about them. You know, just about the good and love that we actually have in our heart, you know, for them by just doing something random in their life. And as we do those things, you know, I believe that God can begin to show us that we are truly learning how to actually be his people. You know, the, the last thing that I actually wanted to, to share with us is, is kind of like a dream that I have. You know, I have a dream that, you know, that we see all the tension that goes on in this world. You know, we see uh, the crime that happens between um, uh, the police officers versus those of us who have brown skin. You know, we also see the tension that's in the political world between the Republicans and Democrats. You know, we see tension that's everywhere across this world. We also even see tension, you know, within our homes, domestic violence. They said it during the pandemic was on the rise. You know, so much tension that is going on in our life that the answer to it all is this commandment that Christ Jesus actually has given to us. And so my dream was this. And I had a dream this morning that, you know, what if we actually understood the power of covenant? You know, what if we were like the people, you know, of of the African nations who understood that when you actually bonded yourself in blood, you were actually now responsible for that individual? You know, what if we actually really took that to heart and began to be a kind of people who said that, you know, those who don't look like me, those who are not from the experiences that I had, that I'm actually going to have a, 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 a covenant with them. I'm going to create covenant with them and begin to love them just the way that Christ actually has called me to love this world, just as Christ called me to love one another in this world. You know, I think that it would be such an amazing experience. You know, imagine. You know, those who actually think that they are my enemy when I said, no, I want to actually be your brother in covenant. And I want to actually be your uh, I want you to be my sister in covenant. And, and we've actually decided to actually do something different by actually coming together. You know, what change could this world actually make if we actually all considered ourselves as family instead of people who had our own agendas, you know, our own desires to get accomplished what we wanted in life. But instead, we actually came together with the idea that we were all one family all one blood, which is actually what Christ Jesus has called us to be. He's called us to one blood, you know, one baptism, all in, in Christ Jesus. You know, what a dream that could actually possibly be. And so as I close here today, you know, as you begin to experience your own uh, family, you know, because this is a day of family, you know, thinking about Mother's Day, you'll get together and maybe you'll have some dinners. Maybe you'll be able to see your mother. Maybe you'll be able to at least call them if you're not able to actually see them. You know, it brings back the memories that you actually had growing up when that person was actually responsible for you, when that person actually took care of you and actually made sure that you understood what family meant. You know, today, as you think about those conversations that you have, I also want you to think about Christ Jesus and this message that he actually had with his 12 disciples, a message where he says that the legacy that I want you to have is that of a family. 
you know, a, a legacy where you actually learn how to love one another. You know, we were brought together by Christ Jesus to be one in him. You know, one of the greatest ideals that we have as a value at Common Barn Church is that irrespective of your background, you can actually find unity in us because we'll actually learn to actually be one in Christ because that's actually how he designed us. So no matter your background, if you, you know, you're, you're black, you're white, you're yellow, uh, you're of any other kind of color, you're from any kind of ethnicity, we believe that we are one in Christ. And we believe because we are one in Christ, we actually have to love one another. And so I love for us to continue to actually live that out in more ways. And as we live that out, you know, funny things happen when you actually overlook individually, but actually look at who we are collectively. You'll be able to hear each other's perspectives. You'll be able to hear the background and the issues that other people go through so that you can actually see life actually through their lens. And I believe that that's something that, that Christ actually wants us to do is actually show the world just how truly united we are will actually be the great change in this world. You know, that's my dream. And I pray that we actually learn how to actually live that out one another. Just as actually my grandmother actually taught me to actually how to learn and love my family on a weekly basis on those Saturday afternoons and those Sunday evenings, having fellowship together, eating bread together, having conversation and laughter. I pray that we actually be those kind of people that do that in the church and then spread that out to all the world. I pray that. If this message has been a blessing to you, I would love to connect with you in a greater way. You can visit us on our website at www.commonbondchurch.org and you can fill out a comment card or even give us a prayer request and we can connect with you. May the grace of God be with us. May the mercy of God be with us. We have one true Savior and His name is Jesus Christ. Let us all go in peace until we all see each other again. Amen.